Praise be Jesus Christ, and welcome to episode 7 of CarmelCast. I'm Brother John Mary of Jesus Crucified. And I'm Brother Pierre Giorgio of Christ the King. CarmelCast is a production of the Institute of Carmelite Studies Publications. For more information, you can visit our website at www.icspublications.org. So uh, this week, we're trying something a little bit new. Um, this is our last episode for this uh, season, I guess you could say, of CarmelCast, um, this Lenten uh, journey that we've taken, sort of um, investigating the uh, various aspects of Carmelite spirituality, particularly as it pertains to uh, prayer in the Carmelite tradition. And I think, uh, above all, um, sort of prayer in the Theresian Carmelite tradition. Um, St. Teresa of Avila has really been our guide uh, throughout these six weeks. Um, and last episode, we asked uh, our viewers and our listeners to submit um, or to vote um, for this week's topic. And it was a very tight-necked race, but we did pick the winner. Um, for a while, I was a little worried, but I liked the topic that everyone chose, or most of you chose anyway. Um, and this week's uh, topic then is on trust and surrender and just abandonment. Yeah, so this is really, I mean, it's an appropriate theme considering that we're just now entering into Holy Week. And uh, this topic is really one that has to do with these mysteries that we're about to celebrate with the passion, death, and resurrection of our Lord. Yeah, and yeah, this idea, you know, the Good Friday theme of the Lord, um, you know, abandoning himself to the Father. Uh, this is a theme that comes up uh, throughout the scripture readings of the, tri- of the Triduum Masses. Um, the agony in the garden of uh, the, our Lord praying uh, and sweating blood, um, and just this this uh, the struggle of the humanity of Christ in the midst of um, Him knowing uh, in His full divinity what was to transpire next, and that ultimately uh, He would die, and then three days later, right, rise again. Yeah, reflecting on this uh, over the last couple of days is really it's made me aware of. Um, how difficult of a reality this is and how much I struggle with this in my own life with abandoning myself to the will of God, uh, just in the little things of daily life. Um, and I think, yeah, one of the reasons why why it's so hard is because, I mean, really, this is this is the reality of the Christian life. This is the goal of the whole Christian life is to learn to abandon ourselves to the will of God, to unite our wills to His in His death and resurrection. Um, and so, yeah, this is really the process of what it means to become a saint, mm-hmm. Uh, to to accomplish the whole goal of our lives, and it's this topic I think is one that's um, it's no wonder that you know it was the one that our viewers and listeners chose because um, it's it's one that's so difficult in today's uh, you know condition of what we have to deal with um, of so much uncertainty um, you know we're exposed to this sort of these fears uh, throughout daily life what's on the news um, just our exposure in general to more understanding of what's going on in the world, I think it kind of heightens that reality a little bit more than maybe we uh, need to give into sometimes. Um, but yeah, this this notion in the 20th century too, all of the, there were so many saints that were really um, kind of struck a chord at this, uh, this understanding of trust and abandonment. I think of St. Faustina, uh, this being a huge part of her message, as well as uh, other 20th century saints like Padre Pio, um, you know, just surrendering uh, holy to God and to his will. And that's, yeah, like you said, it's, it's really just sort of um, different words on the same idea and that is growth and growth and holiness and, and becoming a saint. 
Yeah, and actually it was appropriate that in the 20th, um, we had the 19th moving into the 20th century, this would be a reality that the church would be focused on because of just the kind of the many horrors that were faced us in the 20th century is this, this fighting with how do we deal with this reality of sin? Um, how does a good God allow these things to happen? How do we, yeah, how do we trust that God has a plan through all this and surrender ourselves to his will? Um, so I think that one thing that uh, can one thing that can make this more difficult uh, is that I just having a false understanding of what it means to really be surrendered to God's will. Um, yeah, I, I I think that perhaps some people think that it it means that we reach this state where we're just we're no longer bothered by anything. You know, where everything is okay, no matter what we experience in our lives, we never get frustrated, we never feel impatient, um, all of these things, but. Uh, yeah, that's not the truth of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we can look to our Lord in this as well, the different emotions that he experienced uh, in the humanity of Christ. Um, you know, he he was completely, you know, more so than anyone ever, more so than anyone possibly could be, surrendered to the will of the Father. Um, yet he experienced anger and he experienced uh, worry and he experienced all these emotions that uh, many people experience. So this idea that surrender is nothing more than just being kind of uh, okay with the, you know, go with the flow sort of attitude where, uh, you know, nothing sort of troubles you or nothing sort of stirs your emotions. I think that's a false sense of what what's being talked about. Right. And being completely surrendered to God's will also doesn't mean uh, that we don't struggle with that, with, with that reality. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are times when we can we can um, surrender our wills over to God, but still be, be struggling interiorly uh, in our minds, perhaps, of perhaps of like, how does this work out in my life? So it's not necessarily this um, place of great, um, it's it's a level of peace on a deeper interior level, but it doesn't always mean that we're experiencing peace on the level of our emotions. I mean, I think of Teresa of Avila when she was making, if you read her foundations, when she's talking about all the foundations she's making, she's worried about so many things and there's just so much going on to cause a lot of anxiety and all of these things. Um, And yet she was still so surrendered to God's will for her, for each of these foundations. Um, so yeah, being surrendered in that way doesn't mean we don't ever ex- experience these emotions. If you if you uh, consider the two faculties of the soul, the intellect and the will, um, you know what you were just talking about was really when you know we're able to surrender our will, um, but not necessarily always able to surrender our intellect. And in the same way, you could flip that. And I think um, that shows kind of another sort of variation on this where we kind of surrender our intellects, but we're not quite ready to surrender our will. Um, or it seems like we can't surrender our will, or there's something that's sort of, uh, there's a barrier between um, God's will and our will, and trying to figure that out and and trying to sort of nag- navigate those courses can be difficult as well. Yeah, I think that's something that probably all of us have experienced in our lives or experienced on a daily basis is this this idea of, I know in my mind of what I should do and what I should not do, and yet I still choose at times my will in my will. I still choose to, other than what God wills for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's the really the the sort of pinnacle and the growth in virtue. Um, and this is something that many saints have struggled with. I think of Paul; uh, he he writes about this as well. Yeah, um, and then so maybe one other sort of misunderstanding about what this means to be surrendered to God's will is um, it's also it's not a, a just this completely passive state where mm-hmm we don't ever act or aren't ever called to do it. And we're just okay with everything. Like 
we're okay with where we're at in our lives and we're okay with everything going on around us. Um, God very much calls us at times to be active. Um, and so, yeah, to truly surrender to his will isn't a totally passive state. Right. I think that can tend towards uh, quietism or apathy uh, just in general um, of, yeah, just kind of like I'm just going to go with the flow sort of aspect. And that's, I guess that's uh, easy to get along with someone like that, but it's it's not always the most uh, effective way to, to grow in holiness and to really, you know, grow the kingdom right. on earth. Yeah, because I think I think that true uh, true passivity isn't inactive. Mm-hmm. If we're truly passive to to in receiving uh, the gifts that God gives us in our lives, that that will draw us into action. Right. So those two aren't. Yeah, we, we think of active and passive as being opposed, but really it's pa- it's a uh, active and inactive. Those mm-hmm. are the two that are opposed. So I also want to talk about a second about um, sort of the the terminology uh, issue here. Of uh, we have trust, we have abandonment, and we have surrender. These three sort of ways of saying the same thing, and I think all of these are playing towards the same idea, right? That um, yeah, it's simply a abandonment of our will, a trust that you know God's will is what's good for us, uh, a surrender of our will um, for God's will. These are all sort of playing on the same thing, so not to be confused by the change, the differences in the words themselves. Yeah. Yeah, and that actually reminds me of what we talked about last week when we talked about asceticism um, and how in, in doing work, works of asceticism, whether that's fasting or uh, certain types of prayer or whatever it is, that we're, we're learning to, tr- we're training our wills really uh, in order to abandon them in the small things of our daily life by choosing not to eat certain foods or have mm-hmm. certain drinks. We're training our wills slowly. Um, the idea being that if we train our wills in those small ways, then we can easier give over, more easily give over our wills in the big ways of our life. I don't remember if I mentioned the story um, last time, but uh, I know a priest uh, of a different community um, who's really suffering um, in his elderly years um, with various different illnesses and conditions. Um, and he uh, was telling us, uh, a few young friars um, who were visiting him, that um, he never would have been able to endure what he's enduring now had it not been um, for all the sort of asceticisms he did as a young man. And sort of the rigorous, as a, as a, he's a member of a rather rigorous religious community um, in that sense. Um, and he says that, I don't know that I would have been able to surrender um, in this sense had I not you know, been training my whole life for this, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, we can even see that time at the end of our lives where a lot of people go through a lot of different suffering where they really have to learn to, to abandon themselves to God's will. That really is, I mean, it's prepared in this way by God to prepare us for heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a natural way that God kind of uh, draws us uh, towards abandoning our wills completely to him, which is what the reality of heaven is when mm-hmm. our wills will be completely united to him. So uh, one thing we've been talking about you know, throughout this series, throughout the season, is this idea of growing in self-knowledge and how interconnected that is with growing in the spiritual life and just generally growing in our expertise and, you know, our time of prayer um, through, throughout our growth in the spiritual life. Um, and that's something that comes into play here, I think, in a very important way. Um, because along with uh, trust, surrender, abandonment, I think it's sort of um, complement is humility um, in knowing who God is and knowing you know, who we are in the sense of all of our, our faults and foibles and also um, 
our sins and, you know, in light of God and his will and what we know is the ultimate goal of the spiritual life, the ultimate goal of our life here on earth, which is to bring about the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, well, trust really comes down to um, this relationship that we have with God and knowing who he is. Uh, mm-hmm. That I This is something that I always, I always do in prayer if I'm uh, just really experiencing a lot of maybe doubts or darknesses. Uh, I'll say these three short phrases to myself um, about God, and it kind of helps me. I'll say, he knows all things, he can do all things, and he loves me. And I'll just repeat those three things over and over again because, um, yeah, they're things that I, I know to be true. And, and, and if, if God knows all things, if he can do all things and he loves me, then I don't have to worry because everything else is taken care of. Yeah, I think, um, you know, you remind me with that of Our Lady, right, uh, at the Annunciation. Um, she says to the angel, how can this be? And the angel's reply to her is, you know, he can do all, he can do all things. This is not something for you, this is not something you need to worry about, right? Yeah. Uh, he's got this yeah. sort of this aspect of, of um, Mary's trust and surrender uh, to the will of God in light of some rather unusual circumstances. Right. Yeah, and that's a good example, I think, Mary, of um, even though she didn't understand how this was going to happen necessarily, uh, she still was able to surrender herself. So it was a, a, this way that she was able to surrender her will, even though uh, her intellect maybe wasn't quite there yet as mm-hmm. far as understanding. Um, and I think that's something that's yeah, it's important for us to know in our own lives of when we're worried about the things going on in our lives, we're worried about something in the future. We don't have to know uh, what's going to happen. Just We just have to trust that God has a plan. Um, so I think Mary at the foot of the cross in that sense, again, she was... Um, you know, obviously she would have been heartbroken, um, yet she was standing there at the foot of the cross. It shows she had faith and she knew that this was part of God's will, even if she wasn't sure necessarily exactly how everything was going to unfold. Mm-hmm. I think one of the compliment passages to Mary at the foot of the cross, too, is uh, Our Lady at the Wedding Feast of Cana. Um, and this, uh, the way that she sort of trusted and surrendered um, to our Lord um, you know, she didn't, you know, bring this long list of, you know, Jesus, do this, do that. Um, this is the things that need to happen in order for this wedding to, to go off without a hitch. But rather, she says, she just simply states the problem. You know, there's no yeah. wine. Um, and in that sort of simple request, that's not as much of a request as many of us would think of. Um, all the information that the Lord needs is conveyed. Um, and then he's able to do his will in uh, in relation to the, that need that's being that needs to be filled. Yeah, that's a beautiful way that we can simplify our own prayer at times um, because we always have this tendency to, at least I do, to overcomplicate things um, in maybe addressing a certain point in my life and saying, well, you know, here are the options. How should I act in this situation? Where sometimes it's good in our prayer just to hand that over to the Lord and just say, don't even ask for him to necessarily fix fix it, but just say, like Mary said, there there is no wine. Here's the issue. Um yeah, that's just a beautiful way that we can really learn to trust and, and, and yeah, show our trust to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Therese of Lisieux, um, I mean, many people may or may not know this, but her younger sister um, was also in the Carmel with her. And uh, she entered, um, this was Therese's older sister, but she entered after Therese uh, became a Carmelite nun. And Therese was actually her, her novice mistress, which is sort of like um, the, the formator who's in charge of, of a new Carmelite, right? Um, and 
uh, Celine, uh, her sister, St. Therese's sister, tells the story to kind of give a little bit more insight into Therese's, St. Therese's understanding uh, of just trust and surrender and abandonment. She actually uses, um, she says that Therese expressed to her um, that this passage, Mary at Cana, uh, was very helpful for her in terms of, uh, you know, how this should go about. She says um, later on um, in Therese's life when she was actually dying and on her deathbed, uh, she told Celine that when she's in heaven and she's interceding for her, her sister, uh, on, you know, to the Lord, she said that all I'll have to do is to gaze at the face of our of God and know whether or not the request is his will and I'll simply present the need to him rather than, you know, this whole laundry list of things. And I think that's good because it's a good understanding because sometimes we have the tendency to um, make petitions on our terms, like there's conditions attached or, you know, um, Lord, I need this, but, you know, do it in this such way that, you know, this, this doesn't happen. And, um, you know, God knows these things better than we do. And uh, he, he's able to do his best for us. And that's what his will is. Yeah. It's, it seems like a lot of what we've been talking about so far is concerning um, maybe the yeah the exterior difficulties we face in our lives um, and how we yeah how we learn to to handle those and trust and surrender to those um, again stressing the 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 idea that it's not a bad thing it's not a sign that we're not surrendered if we experience worries or uh, fears, things like that. They're, those are human emotions that are mm-hmm. tor- totally normal. Um, yeah, but learning to trust that God has a plan and and staying true to Him in our in faith, even uh, during the times when we don't know what's to come. Uh, but I think another uh, difficulty that we face in surrender and trust is in light of our own sinfulness, um, seeing our own sins and. Uh, yeah, we can become, we can fall into despair or just be frustrated with with our own sinfulness. And I, I think this is again something that um, Saint Therese talks about a lot when she, uh, going back to what we were saying about knowing who God is, but also knowing who we are, mm-hmm. knowing how weak we are, um, seeing in in the true light of truth and true humility who we are before Him, and then just trusting uh, in Him to have because he has the power to lift us out of that yeah you know saint Teresa of avila talks uh again and again and again this is one of the one of her huge points is to to be focused on the humanity of christ um because in prayer this is who's with us right for the most part um in our in our times of prayer to you know she speaks of how the lord um it's as if in prayer he's right with her right beside her um and that this this notion, this humanity, that he's able to be uh, present in this way um, is the same humanity of Christ that suffered and died for our sins and then rose again. So the, salvi- the salvific act of our Lord of uh, saving us from our sins um, is the same Lord who's with us in prayer. Um, so when we're struggling with sin, um, I think that's an important, I think it's, a, I think it's a, an essential um, idea to keep in mind. And keeping focused on the humanity of Christ, that uh, the Lord who's with us is the same one uh, who can save, right? right? This is why he came. Yeah, and that's why, I mean, Therese focuses so much on this idea of littleness and the way of, you know, spiritual childhood. It's this, yeah, acknowledging, we have to acknowledge before that Lord 
who he is and that he can save us, but also who we are and that we're just, we're small and we're weak on our own. And Mm -hmm. so we have to be completely dependent on him uh, in order to raise us up. I love the image that Therese uses and it's, it's an, you know, it's, it kind of shows up in different places in different times, but uh, this idea of trust uh, in the sense of like a child in its father's arms. And it doesn't, you know, the child isn't worried about being dropped or anything like that. Um, it can just, you know, relax and rest and sleep. Um, and, you know, the father uh, holds the child and, you know, keeps it safe. He doesn't want anything bad to happen to the child. Yeah. Uh, so this image, I think, is also very helpful in this childlike image of St. Therese. Right. Yeah, and then this... Yeah, that, that, just to, to reiterate, though, that this trust and surrender doesn't mean complacency either. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not this sense of, oh, I, I see that I'm sinful and I'm okay with those sins. God doesn't want us to remain there. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is I mean, even in that image there of the father is that the father is carrying the child to keep him safe, to avoid the times of sin. So we have to allow God to pick us up to help us to avoid sin as well. We can't just be complacent with, with uh, where we are. No, and I think I think that the analogy kind of falls apart if you were to understand it in that way. Just because, um, yeah, we can't rest when we have these uh, these sins that are just sort of plaguing um, our emotions and and just our our general well being. Um, these are things that you know uh, we can't live with, right? They're they're things that need to change in our life. Yeah, and so abandonment. Uh, in this sense means acknowledging our sinfulness um, and not letting it overburden us. Uh, I guess in the sense that we can we can acknowledge the fact that God God allows us to sin. He doesn't He doesn't in any way want us to sin, but He He allows us to choose sin, um, and then He makes good out of those sins. Mm-hmm. He does something with that. He teaches us something through that. Um, so in, there's some sense that we can be thankful for our own weaknesses because they are what teach us uh, and that we have to be dependent on God. And that's the whole goal of this life is, again, to unite our wills to his. Um, so there are ways that rather than looking back on our times of sin and, and really despairing is we can look back and learn from those times and, and see them as really they were blessings and that they taught us to, to trust more in God. Mm-hmm. So I think it'd be good to step back for a second and... Um... Maybe consider the uh, the understanding of um, how trust works in human relationships, right? Um, and kind of use that as an analogy to talk about how trust works in our relationship with God a little bit. Um, because when we grow in trust of a spouse or a friend um, or a coworker, um, I think it first comes with getting to know them. Um, and then in getting to know them, um, we begin to understand that we can depend on them. And um, in that sort of exchange, we start to experience charity and love uh, in these relationships. And I think the same goes here with our relationship with God. Um, We come to know God maybe at a young age, um, and there's something about being young and little that we are apt to understand this idea uh, really well of trust. We're used to trusting people because um, it's in our nature as young people, as, as children, to trust um, because we're dependent on our parents um, for many things, for everything. And, and so it's easy for us to relate to God in that way as children. But, you know, as we get older and people 
start letting us down, um, then it becomes, you know, a little bit more challenging for us to understand, um, you know, how this relationship, how trust works with God. Yeah, no, that's a great point because I think, um, you know, in, if we see, if we look at our lives and we notice that we, we struggle with surrendering to God, um, we can focus too much on like, well, what should I do here? What should I do here? And the reality that you're pointing out is really the, the answer to this is to grow in our relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Like that is what's going to help us to trust him. Um, so unlike our relationships with other people, even, you know, our own family members, at times they may let us down. But like I said before, God, I mean, he knows all things and he can do all things and he loves us. And so we can com- completely trust in him no matter what. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the burden then is on us <laughs> of, of growing. And uh, I think the main way that we do that, um, especially as, as Carmelites, the way that we focus on doing that is through prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, you know, prayer is um, in many ways sort of a remedy um, for that idea of fear, um, fear in our lives. And because it's, it's spending time with, with God um, and, you know, that sort of, dis, you know, dissipates um, any fear that may arise because it doesn't take long, um, you know, in the spiritual life to realize that uh, God really is present there. Yeah, and um, I mean, we can see how as we grow in our relationship with God, uh, and gr- it, particularly through prayer, as we grow to trust Him, uh, we, s- we learn how much He loves us and we grow in loving Him, that eventually we begin to see all of our lives, even the times outside of prayer, mm-hmm. where all of the, the good things, all of the bad things, all the frustrating things, all the things that make us angry, these aren't just random occurrences that happen in our life, but these are actually all like orchestrated gifts given to us by God in order to help us to grow closer to him. Mm-hmm. So we can see uh, the frustrating brothers that we live with uh, or, you know, if we get upset with our spouse or a situation at work, these are actually opportunities then that we, God is inviting us in these particular situations to grow in a certain way. And he's allowing these things to happen in our lives so that we can grow closer to him. Yeah, and I think in a, another important uh, part of this, um, maybe the situations um, in life where in the past we've been deeply wounded um, by sort of a breach in trust maybe, or just sort of circumstances um, that sort of just happen. Um, and it affects us in such a way that uh, we find it difficult to relate to God in certain ways. And I think this, uh, you know, growing growing in virtue and growing in prayer and growing in our ability to surrender. Um, these are opportunities. They shouldn't be seen as barriers, but they really are, like we said before, um, these great wounds are the opportunities to be healed. And this is what we should be bringing to God uh, in our times of prayer, are these, these things in our past that um, have deeply profound, you know, profoundly struck us um, in good and bad um, and allow that to be you know, the, the source of our growth, the source of our healing. Yeah, and it's really through looking at our lives through that lens, um, like like our saints, I mean, like John of the Cross, Teresa of Avila, like all the saints, St. Therese, um, that's really how we reach this sense of interior peace um, that I think so many people associate with this idea of abandonment to God's will. Again, it's not that we don't experience these human emotions of anger or fear or frustration, but we know that these are all gifts from God, and he's they're actually gifts of love that he's giving to us to help us 
to heal us and to help us grow closer to him. Mm -hmm. So I think as we sort of wrap up uh, this season uh, of CarmelCast, it's been uh, quite a journey. Um, the places we've gone uh, and the, uh, the topics we've covered, I think have been really fruitful. Um, you know, just in preparing um, for these episodes have been, uh, you know, we've been doing this during Lent. Um, and it's really been a really great grace. Yeah, it's really been, this has been kind of a retreat for us in preparing uh, for, for this time of Easter that we're about to celebrate. And I know that we, we, even though we're wrapping up this season, that we hope to be back. We plan to be back with more episodes uh, this fall, probably starting in September. Uh, so just, uh, yeah, keep following ICS on Facebook um, and or receiving the ICS emails. And uh, yeah, we'll get the word out when new episodes are available. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I haven't talked about that much, but our on social media, um, you can follow us throughout the year. We post, uh, I, we're posting throughout the year um, on our social media accounts, um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, our username handle for all of those is ICS Publications. Um, so it's easy to, to remember and to follow us and to share with us uh, so what some of your fruits have been, what some of the fruits have been in your life in uh, you know, spending this time with us. Yeah, and please go back, uh, watch some of the earlier videos if you haven't seen them all, and leave us comments below um, on suggestions or, yeah, what what struck you um, in particular or perhaps topics that you'd like us to cover in the future. That'll all be helpful for us as we move forward. Yeah. So uh, to, I guess, depart a little bit from our regular routine, I know this this uh, was very difficult <laughs> for you, um, but for the reading this week, we chose um, who I like to call the doctor of trust, the doctor of surrender. Uh, we have the doctor of prayer, St. Teresa, who we've been hearing from uh, throughout this series at the end. But I think this is a perfect topic to turn to the little flower, uh, St. Therese, um, to hear a little bit about uh, you know her understanding of this of these themes that we've talked about in today's episode. So this reading is from Manuscript C of Story of a Soul. We are living now in an age of inventions, and we no longer have to take the trouble of climbing stairs, for in the homes of the rich, an elevator has replaced these very successfully. I wanted to find an elevator which would raise me to Jesus, for I am too small to climb the rough stairway of perfection. I searched then in the scriptures for some sign of this elevator, the object of my desires. And I read these words coming from the mouth of eternal wisdom. Whoever is a little one, let him come to me. And so I succeeded. I felt I had found what I was looking for. But wanting to know, O my God, what you would do to the very little one who answered your call, I continued my search, and this is what I discovered. As one whom a mother caresses, so will I comfort you. You shall be carried at the breasts, and upon the knees they shall caress you. Ah, never did words more tender and more melodious come to give joy to my soul. The elevator which must raise me to heaven is your arms, O Jesus. And for this I had no need to grow up, but rather I had to remain little and become this more and more. Hey everyone, Brother Pier Giorgio here. Thanks for checking out this episode of CarmelCast. If you want to hear more of us, don't forget to click subscribe. 
want more information on Carmelite spirituality and the Discalced Carmelite Saints, then you'll want to check out our website, www.icspublications.org. There's a link in the description of this episode. From here, you can see all our current promotions and access our complete catalog for the writings of St. John of the Cross, St. Teresa of Avila, St. Therese of Lisieux, St. Elizabeth of the Trinity, and St. Edith Stein. If you want to stay up to date on all our promotions and new titles, then be sure to add your email to our email list. There's no better way to stay up to date on the latest Carmelite publications. Thanks for joining us, and may God bless you.